Lord's Health System, one of the region's leading healthcare providers, proudly presents Lord's Health Talk. Here's Melanie Cole. In February, the World Health Organization took the rare step of declaring an international public health emergency in connection with the spread of the Zika virus. Over the last year, the mosquito-borne illness has become endemic through the Caribbean and in many parts of Latin America. My guest today is Dr. Matthew Gettings. He is a primary care physician with Lord's Health System. Tell us a little bit about the Zika virus. What is it? How is it contracted? And who needs to be concerned? Thanks for having me on, Melanie. Uh, The Zika virus is getting a lot of uh, play on television lately, and my patients are starting to come in with mosquito bites and wondering if they should be concerned. Well, I guess the good news is that so far there is no mosquito-borne transmission of Zika from within the United States. So most of our screening efforts are looking to see if a patient has traveled uh, to an area where it is endemic. Um, And we're seeing mostly folks uh, from Puerto Rico, from Central and South America coming in with some questions. Um, it's, it's contracted by uh, mosquitoes in those places. So we're really screening when folks come in to see if they or a sexual partner have been in one of these territories. And the tricky part is that the incubation time of the virus is between three and seven days. So you might come back from a vacation or a conference and show no signs quite yet. So we're going to talk about pregnant women, Dr. Gettings. But before we do that, for the average citizen... What is the risk of getting infected with the Zika virus, and what symptoms might they recognize? Uh, Sure. For the average citizen, the risk is very, very low. In fact, many people who contract the disease may not even realize it. The most common symptoms are fever, and it's usually low-grade fever, 99 to 100 or 101, uh, some muscle aches, some joint pain, and conjunctivitis, or red eye. Um, and if and if we're talking about a child or adult, the disease is very self-limiting. You know, they'll have symptoms for three to seven days and will take a little Tylenol, stay well hydrated and get better just like that. Most folks likely would rarely miss a day or two of school or work even. It's really the infants we're worrying about, the moms carrying baby. So tell us about the pregnant women and what is the risk to them? The risk is essentially that the child could be born with birth defect. In April of this year, uh, the CDC confirmed that the microcephaly suspicion, uh, babies with very small heads and, and other brain defects, was strongly, strongly linked to the disease where it was past conjecture. Now it seems that the evidence really bears this out, that those are the vulnerable group of patients, and the efforts to contain this disease involve screening all people that travel, but particularly pregnant women, women trying to become pregnant, and their sexual partners as well. What's the screening involved and who should get screened? You said people who have been to those areas or their sexual partners have been to that area. So what do you want them to know about getting screened? Well, the screening typically happens uh, as the patient interfaces with the healthcare system. So particularly with OBGYN practices, looking at new uh, new pregnant moms, they're, one of the first questions they're being asked as they walk in the door is, have you traveled recently or has uh, your sexual partner traveled recently? And that opens up a bit of a can of worms. If mom's pregnant, then usually testing begins at that time. But frankly, even in the family practice setting where I am, I don't manage pregnant women myself, but every patient coming in is asked if they travel. And if they do travel, is it in one of these endemic areas? And not only did they travel, did their sexual partner travel? Every patient is asked this, and many family practices, larger health systems in particular, are coordinating these, um, these screenings across the country. So can the screenings be done at a local office, or do you send it somewhere else? How long does that take? Oh, yeah. If, 
if any of these screenings comes back positive, and when I say screening, I'm typically meaning just our staff asking the patient a couple questions. Most patients screen normal because they haven't traveled within the last couple weeks or a month to an area where it's endemic. But if the answer is yes, then there, there are follow-up questions related to symptoms. Uh, so if the patient was in an endemic area and then comes back with fever and red eyes and joint pain, yeah, we're contacting the Board of Health in, in the county that I practice and arranging for blood or urine samples to be taken. And, and all the more rush if, if it's a pregnant mom we're talking about. So what are they telling women uh, who want to become pregnant or whose sexual partners have traveled to these areas? Are they telling them still to delay pregnancy? There's so much, there's so much unknown right now, um, and and most advice coming from the healthcare system is very conservative. If you're if you're actively trying to become pregnant, we're hoping that folks will postpone vacations. Uh, and if the, if you're in a situation where you can't postpone a trip for some reason, if it's a, a business trip that you can't get out of, you know, we're hoping that these uh, high risk individuals would uh, take all the proper precautions to avoid being bitten by the mosquito. Or if a sexual partner is involved, if you're pregnant or trying to become pregnant, uh, if you're pregnant specifically, we're hoping that a condom is used every time throughout the entire pregnancy, even if the exposure was months ago. And if you're just going for travel, we're hoping that that folks will wear long sleeve shirts, long sleeve pants, use an EPA-approved uh, mosquito repellent uh, to help avoid the spread. And for folks who were starting to become at risk for folks coming back to the United States. And even though there has not yet been mosquito-borne illness, we're heading into, you know, summer and mosquito populations are on the rise here. And the United States does have the same types of mosquitoes that transmit the disease. So truthfully, it's only a matter of time before someone coming back from Puerto Rico is at a backyard barbecue and gets bit by a mosquito. And then someone at the same party could contract the disease in that way. So far, there have been none of those cases, uh, but it's only a matter of time. So what would you like listeners to know about preventing the spread of this disease? And you mentioned wearing, uh, you know, screening, you know, wearing mosquito repellent. Is that enough? Well, it, it's, a, it's a security system of a lot of layers. You know, firstly, we want to avoid exposure if there's a high-risk individual. So someone comes back from a trip and, and they could have been exposed. They either have a mosquito bite or they have classic symptoms. We want those people returning to to be quarantined. We want them to stay indoors. Uh, the CDC recommends for about three weeks to take as, as much pre precaution as they can to avoid getting other people sick. While most of the time the virus is at its peak levels in the blood for about one week, for three weeks if those folks can avoid crowded outdoor settings and, and mosquito-laden areas, all the better to stay indoors with, with good screens or good air conditioning. And when you must go out to wear the mosquito repellents and long sleeves, and if you're a homeowner, to avoid um, keeping standing water around in areas around your house that could serve as breeding pools for mosquitoes. Dr. Gettings, is there any treatment for Zika? So far, there is no treatment. Um, the CDC calls this um, a bit of an epidemic, you know, on the same level as that of Ebola in, in the categories they use. And because of this, uh, there's a lot of money being poured into quick research on vaccines and treatment options, but so far none are commercially available. So in just the last few minutes here, give your best advice for sorting through all this confusing information that's coming at us from the media about the Zika virus and what you really tell people every single day about this. Oh, sure. Uh, when folks come into me with concerns about Zika virus, 
I try to see what type of person they are. Are they a pregnant woman? If so, they're at the highest risk and have to take the most precautions. If they are not in this group, we just counsel about the type of symptoms um, that could occur and how to protect themselves from travelers coming from, you know, overseas, which might have the virus. We're talking about prevention, prevention. Since there's no vaccine and no cure, being, being in a place where there's fewer mosquitoes wearing insect repellent, wearing the long clothes, makes all the difference in the world if there's potential risk out there. We're hoping that folks will stay vigilant on the news to be wary about the first couple cases of mosquito-borne illness in the United States, which is likely inevitable over the next few months. Uh, and since we're in summer, we, we often get questions, well, if I have to wear a mosquito repellent and sunscreen, how do I work that? And, and the answer is always sunscreen first and mosquito repellent on top of that. And there's, there's also a little bit of chance of being a little too cautious with this. Some people, for fear of Zika, with all the headlines, may be a little bit over-aggressive with mosquito treatment. And I guess I should mention that the CDC recommends that no mosquito repellent be placed on infants under two months old. That, that could pose a safety concern. And also for children under three years old, no oil of lemon eucalyptus or PMD, which is another type of active ingredient in mosquito repellent. You're generally safe with a deep-containing product, even if pregnant or breastfeeding. It's great information. Thank you so much, Dr. Gettings, for being with us. It's very important that people listen to this segment. You're listening to Lord's Health Talk. And for more information, you can go to lordsnet.org. That's lordsnet.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.